Welcome to Knock Talk. During this episode, Knock CEO Cliff W. Gilmore and Knock Chief of Education and Training Jackie Schwab provide practical tips to help organize your life in a world that operates at the speed of send. Hello again and welcome to Knock Talk. You're here with Cliff W. Gilmore, the CEO of North of Center, and Jackie Schwab, North of Center's uh, Chief of Education and Training. Uh, by the way, Jackie is also one of the coaches on our coaching bench. Uh, she focuses very strongly on uh, life coaching, life development, uh, as well as as leadership development and leadership coaching, uh, um, those areas. But uh, when it comes to merging your, your work and your life together and getting that stuff organized, Jackie is the person to go to. Um, the topic for the podcast today is organizing yourself. This podcast builds very heavily on the uh, the podcast we did on work-life balance. And the work, work-life balance discussion uh, was almost more of a sort of a fluffy philosophical discussion just about how you approach the problem of work-life, uh, work-life integration, rather, um, how you approach work-life integration, how you think about it, some ways to think. Um, we talked about a couple things, particularly like, you know, setting your priorities and making decisions based on those. Um, but that was more of a fluffy discussion. I encourage you to circle back around and listen to that podcast um, ideally first. Uh, in fact, stop now, go listen now. But, uh, but this podcast uh, is going to be more focused on concrete tools to translate the sort of uh, fluffy slash philosophical thoughts about uh, work-life integration into daily practice in your life, uh, or to put some Marine speak on it, uh, to uh, operationalize uh, your your work-life integration activities. Um, but uh, with that note, then um, I'm going to quit rambling here, and I'm going to let Jackie drive the bus for most of this one. Jackie, over to you. Take it. All right. Thanks a lot, Cliff. Um, so one of my missions in life has been really to empower career-driven parents who feel guilty for not spending enough time with their family to achieve success with balance or integration so they don't neglect themselves or their loved ones. And in order to be able to do that, because again, as Cliff so eloquently called it, very fluffy concept and philosophically, um, I am a 20-year computer science development professional, so I've got systems and processes running in my blood. And so I didn't just get there by manifesting my life, right? And so I wanted to share with you a few tools that I've found um, supportive in my desire to have a more integrated life that met with my personal values. And the first one is, holy crud, if you're coming to someone for help, you're probably stressed to the max. And adding one more tool and one more self-help and one more development thing into your life seems like the last possible thing you would ever want to do. And so the first thing I always um, ask my clients to consider is an exercise that I call clearing the clutter. Before we add onto the heap of what you already have, we need to pull away some of those things that you um, are maybe not adding some value or just to free up some space. And so I use a technique that I call D3 because it's easy for me to remember. And um, it's do it, delete it, or delegate it. And I apply those three things to, um, especially when I start feeling overwhelmed, to the major areas in my life. So for example, do it, delete it, or delegate it in terms of health. Um, I need to do some things to delete some weight. <laughs> it is not something I can delegate. Um, 
But to be very honest, you know, in terms of health, maybe one of the things you need to delete is junk food, or maybe something you can delegate so you have time to work out is your kids helping you with dishes. So there, there is a, a real practical application of you do need space to be able to add in new things into your life. So that would be my, my first tool. Um, Cliff, do you have any um, thing to add to that? Oh, I, I, I love the three D's there, the, the do, delete, or delegate. Uh, and uh, one reason I really like that is because, of course, delegation is one of the, the core principles, the guiding principles of communication-based leadership. And, you know, you, you want to delegate both your voice and the authority to act. Um, but uh, another thing that came to mind just as you were talking there was this, uh, you know, there's folks who really struggle with what they call, you know, time management and, and getting organized. Um, and then I hear, well, I just got to make time, or I got to make time. And you can't make time. We, we only have so much of it, which, by the way, ties to a core truth of communication-based leadership, which is our capacity to communicate is finite. And what we're really talking about there is your ability to interact with other people and do things. It's limited. It's fixed. And so you, you can't make time, but what you can do is prioritize your time. You can organize your time and you can do that deliberately. And uh, you provided one very practical example there. Take a look at the clutter you have and look at it and say, well, do I need to do that? Does it have to be me? Can I delete it or can I delegate it to somebody else or, or um, you know, I'll throw in or delegate or distribute, you know, as long as we're in the alliterative mode. But, you know, distribute it to your kids a bit and buy yourself a little, you know, buy yourself some space. You're, you're not buying new time, but you're reallocating the limited time that you have. Back to you. Yeah, absolutely. So thanks for that. So I think the um, other thing that I would suggest as tool number two is uh, once you have given yourself a little room so that you can kind of add something new is I found it very, very helpful, both in calming in my mind and giving me some peace is establishing a few baseline habits in your life. Um, I find habits are an opportunity to compress time in a way because they become um, non-taxing on your brain, right? So if we have to continue to make a billion little itty bitty decisions all day long, um, it's tiring, right? It, it taps that limited energy source, which is just as limited as your time source. And so uh, I also believe that you can't change all things at once. So pick a thing, right? Pick one behavior, one habit to generate and I either would start with your morning routine, if you know, you're really struggling with getting out of bed, or your evening routine if you're not going to bed, because the foundation for all of these, and the reason I bring all of them up, is they support a solid foundation of self-care. And um, there's this wonderful, legitimate morning routine technique that I, I just adore, two of them. One is from a woman named Mel Robbins, and she focuses a lot on, on people who have crippling anxiety that are trying to overcome things. And a lot of them don't want to get out of bed, right? For, for logical reasons for having high anxiety. And she calls it the um, five, four, three, two, one. And there's a bunch of reasons, but one of them being, uh, if you start from five and you know, you end at one, you don't keep counting. I don't know if you've ever laid in bed and said, I'm going to count to 10 and eventually I'll get out. But instead of the counting up and up can keep going it start at the top and come down. And so she says, five, four, three, two, one, blast off. And then she, she says it loud and ridiculous and jumps out of her bed and tell your spouse you're doing that first. Otherwise, it's kind of <laughs> uncomfortable. Um, he thought that was rather funny the first few times that I tried that. But 
uh, that's a sim very simple way to just, you know, reintegrate something to get you out of bed when you say you're going to get out of bed. Um, another person who is very well established in the morning routine sort of industry in and of itself is um, a gentleman by name of Hal Elrod, which puts together the morning miracle. And his, his model is savers, um, S-A-V-E-R-S, S for silence, right? That's meditation, a moment of silence, whatever it is. A is affirmation, as in I'm amazing and so are you right? V is a vision, um, journaling, whatever it is, noting your vision. E is exercise, right? Getting your energy. The best source of energy is moving your body because something in motion stays in motion, right? And R is read, read something that every single day that feeds your mind full of the things that you want your mind to have uh, marinating in. And the last one is S, um, which is scribe because writing doesn't look good in savers, but which is to, you know, use a journaling as a mechanism for moving forward. Um, both of those are reasonably great techniques to assist you with sort of moving, um, moving that needle and giving yourself some space. Um, Cliff, anything that we can learn from the Marine Corps, perhaps on the uh, routines, habits, or, or repetitive motion? <laughs> uh, Is that loaded or not? <laughs> no, no, not at all. But uh, oh, the stories I could tell. But um, uh, gravelly drill instructor voice at Officer Candace School. It's all about time management, candidate. It's all about time management. And what he was really meaning was you were going to be stressed to the gills, and he was trying to get you to to freak out. Uh, but uh, what what does come to my mind, not so much as getting into Marine Corps stories uh, about about time management, uh, is uh, the time it takes to form a habit. And you provided some sort of frameworks there and some different ways that you could approach um, the the forming of a habit. But it's uh, I find it's important uh, when I'm working with, with my clients to make sure that we set a realistic realistic expectation uh, and commitment to creating a habit. Uh, there's a pop culture uh, thing out there. It's sort of belief that, you know, 21 days is there. It takes three weeks for a habit. Uh, there, there's a yes and no to that. Uh, that's that's kind of the short time that it takes to form a habit. And generally, that's for your really basic stuff. You need to drink more water. Great. Cool. Drink a glass of water every day for 21 days. You know, have it on your bedside and, and you'll do it. The easy stuff. Yeah, you can nail down a habit that'll persist. Um, but uh, the reality, uh, based on on research on this topic, is uh, that it can take more than two months, uh, and sixty six days apparently is the mathematical average. Uh, but it, it can take two months or more to put a habit in place. And what I mean by that is a habit that uh, that you continue to do by reflex when things get crazy and start distracting you. Um, it, it's it's not a habit. If, you know, you, you get up and go for a run every morning uh, and, and you sort of do it, then it's just a thing you did for 21 days. And if on day 22, you, you get into a situation where you look at and go, no, I'm not going to run today. And then you skip a couple of days. That's not a habit. It's just a thing you did for 21 days. But if you really want to build that habit, it takes time. And you provided some excellent tools to put into play during that time to help create, reinforce and stabilize that habit. Absolutely. Uh, I think there's a, there's the resident expert, there's quite a few, but the actual scientifically researched expert out there that's most prevalent right now is a gentleman by the name of Charles Druhig, and his book is called The Power of Habits. And they did some really cool PET scan studies, actually, that looked at brain modification based on rep repetitive um, building a habit for, for all of intents and purposes. And 
two very, very interesting things that I love about that is first is a habit is really a, a neurological process. Um, it's based on uh, a, the first thing is a cue, right? The thing that you see, do, feel, smell, taste, whatever that goes up, oh, I'm going to go into autopilot, right? Then there's the habit, which is what we all see, but that's the process in which we execute. So drinking water as a process piece. And the third component of a habit is the reward system. Um, what your brain expects to get <clears throat> as the reward for you executing the full loop, right? And in the case of drinking, it's doing it long enough that your body believes you will continue to do it and no longer like preserving the water because it thinks that you're not going to drink enough water again later, right? So it's actually a ph physiological component and a neurological process. Um, and that was more heady than I expected to get. So um, just, yes, it's not uh, do it every day for five days and now you have a habit. It's do it until you actually feel weird not doing it. That That's your cue, really. You, you know you've established something if you feel weird if you didn't get to do it, right? Okay. Um, so <clears throat> any anything else to add on that, Cliff? Ah, it's just, you know, what comes to mind is, you know, Stephen Covey's seven habits yeah. and, and what he's talking about there are the seven things that successful leaders do all the time by reflex, naturally, repetitively. He's not talking about, oh, here's seven things that sometimes people do and it makes them makes things work. It, it's it's habits that that persist and and reflexes that are built in. And yeah, absolutely, it's um, uh, leadership and leadership development is very often a uh, thought of just in terms of sort of a social science activity. Um, but the physiology behind it is phenomenal. Uh, I am not a physiological sciences kind of guy, but, uh, um, I've, I'm, I know enough to look at it and say, yeah, there's actually, you're actually changing things in your brain when you do these things. And that's, that's the part that anchors to the time you, 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 you're creating a habit that sticks when you have allowed your body the time to change and adapt and, and set itself to that new standard. And I, I think that the key to, there's two pieces that I love about the idea of a real habit. I'm going to use that even though I hate kind of those types of terms. And the reason is, is if you have a truly have a habit, you do two things, not one just related to time, but two things. The first is you actually um, do an energy management component. You now, it takes less time, less energy to do a thing that you have done before because you don't have to do all of the thinking about it. And the second one is it compresses the time because I don't know about you, but you ever practice something over and over and over again? You get better at it? Mm -hmm. Yeah, right? So now we can do it in less time with less energy. And that to me is as near and dear as you can get to manifesting uh, new time and energy into your life. Um, so a third tool though, as we move forward, because the, those two are great. Um, I, I've called it a, a press play lifestyle dashboard. I believe Cliff has, and North of Center has uh, coined similar one as a leadership philosophy or leadership dashboard. But the point being, um, if you stand for nothing, you stand for everything, right? So establish what your what is your mission like what is your mission in life and and write it down right i want to be this kind of person what's my why a little simon sinek kind of for you what do you want to be or how do you want to show up in your life your health your relationships your loved ones um what's your vision of where you want to be from now right so you have to kind of know your baseline where you are vision is where you want to go and in one year from now, maybe your vision is not to be at the job or to be a better leader or to be a better parent or um, 
Cliff will have to tell you this up or be a better lover based on, you know, going through some knock stuff. Uh, but overall, uh, what do you want to be when you, you know, not grow up, but when you mature into the next phase of who you are. And then the last is to identify your top five non-negotiable, no matter whatever happens, you're not going to break in values. And, and I mean it that literally that strong and that, that kind of conviction um, for me, one of my top ones, which man, man, it was a doozy this year. I think Cliff has been through some of it with me, but I have a non-negotiable value of high integrity. And sometimes that means that I'm not going to do some things that, uh, I, that are against my integrity that many other people feel are just acceptable business practices. And so, uh, what are your non-negotiables? You know, for me, one's in one's integrity. Another one for me, that's very high is, um, integration or balance between the things in my life that have meaning, but being able to establish your personal leadership dashboard or your personal dashboard of your mission, vision, values, which then gets into allowing you to easier yes, no boundaries, which you talked about before. Um, and I put that stuff on my wall. Like I got like, these are, these are my non-negotiables um, until they're a habit and I never have to think about them again. And they're still on my wall. Uh, but I think having a, a tool or a visual or an anchor, right, that allows you to be reminded and marinating in who you are and who you want to become, it, it, for me, it's been um, instrumental in kind of turning around a, a pretty rough couple of years. Cliff, do you have any insights on that kind of idea of tool of mission, vision, values? Well, I think I'll, I'll just take the opportunity there to sprinkle a little CBL or communication-based leadership dust on this. And, um, you know, you, uh, you, you mentioned there that that we have uh, we focus here at north of center with our clients on creating and implementing their personal leadership philosophy and um that's uh, that sounds like a very focused very specified thing but communication-based leadership is um there's a whole lot to unpack there more than i'll unpa- i can unpack in the time we have here today but in in terms of Using it as as a framework for prioritization and decision making, uh, the the basis of our using CBL as the model uh, as that guide uh, is that uh, it, it's in the core truths of CBL that every, everything we do is a communication activity. Every, everything we say and do, I mean, we, we're just we're constantly doing it. Um, even not communicating communicates something. Um, and our capacity to do that is limited. So we need to prioritize our use of that capacity, which, you know, there, there are parallels there. It, it integrates with what you were, you were talking about in terms of you only have so much energy, so much resource, and, and how do you put that in play? So, so, yeah, we use with our clients the communication-based leadership framework to help folks develop a leadership philosophy because from our perspective, uh, leadership is a lifestyle, and when we're talking about leadership, we're not just talking about a position and a job. Um, that we're talking about work-life integration. We're talking about a core set of principles that guide you all the time, not just when you're in the workplace uh, and, and that you, you set them aside and go somewhere else. Absolutely. So I think one thing that's really important for us to consider is that everything we do is a communication activity, and that includes how we choose to communicate with ourselves. And so there are really, um, in the life coaching world, there, there's this idea of the big five and the five areas in your life to consider when you're putting together your organized self and things to make sure you include time for. The first one is health. 
And health is a cornerstone habit of both self-care and organization. If you take the time to, you know, work out, even if it's walking, generate working out is motion and therefore generates energy. And energy is going to allow you to do more and more productivity, more productively. And being able to be more productive kind of, you know, creates a little bit, seemingly creates time. Uh, second is how you want to show up and communicate in your relationships and your love in your life. Um, how do you want to communicate with your husband or your wife or your children or your partner? Um, and if you don't have a love in your life, your coworkers, your boss, right? All of those things are important, but think about it, right? How do you want to show up and then make time for that? That's how we're talking about the self-organization. Put time in your schedule to call your mom once a month, right? Or at least put it on your odd and even pages like Cliff talked about in a prior podcast that says, you know, I find my relationships with my family important, so I want to make sure I do that. Sure. Number three is career or calling. It depends on what word works for you, but how are you choosing to currently show up in that, that area of your life and how do you want to show up? Um, fourth is money. Some people generate money through their career calling, but you know what? There are other ways that money can come into your life. And money is one of those kind of Maslow's hierarchy of needs It's way at the bottom, safety, security, home, shelter, food. So if you don't have the money thing worked out, you probably shouldn't be dealing with your self-actualizing self kind of stuff, right? And you need to figure out how you're going to eat tomorrow. And the last one for many, at least in this model, is connection to that, which is greater, uh, I use that phrasing very specifically because not all folks are Christian in nature or Muslim or Buddhist or Hindu. There are those that have different beliefs and those who don't have a, that which is greater. But wh where are you in your spiritual journey, whatever that may be, and how do you want to show up there? And so that fourth tool is to, to evaluate the big five against the previous tool, which is your mission, vision, and values. And are you showing up how you want to? And if not, what are you going to do to change that? And if you are, then how are you going to step forward into that vision of yourself from a year from now? So that would be a, a, the big five model. Uh, Cliff, any suggestions or thoughts um, to capitalize on that idea? No, I think what uh, one of the things I like about the, the range of tools you've presented here um, is that it, it, and I'm going to tie it back to the communication-based leadership thing because that's our thing. That's our shtick here. But um, one, of the, one of the things we emphasize about communication-based leadership uh, as both a philosophy um, and a process uh, is that it's, it's not designed to replace anybody's, any, anybody's leadership style or philosophy. Or, or It's not a panacea. It's not this you know, answer to life. It's a foundation on which anything else can be built. So one thing I'm taking away from this is one, you're giving a tremendous list of uh, practical tools that you can use to help with prioritization and decision-making in life, uh, to help with allocation of what we call in, in CBL terms, your finite communication capacity. There's only so much that you have. You know, We could, could call it bandwidth if you want, but there's there's only so much that you have uh, capacity to 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 live, to, to be, to do. And 
all of these tools that you're providing can stack right on top of the communication-based leadership framework and be integrated into that. Um, and then I do have, you know, when it comes to uh, prioritizing self and health, um, one very small thing that stuck in my mind from way back in my initial Marine Corps training was we, we, went, we went through a, a six-month basic course where uh, there's a whole boatload of new lieutenants, and we were rotated through different leadership positions uh, so that we could experience what the roles and responsibilities were throughout a, a, a infantry platoon, uh, in a sense. Um, so all of those leadership positions were there. And so at any given time, one of us was, you know, the the platoon leader, the, the, the head guy in charge of a, a group of folks. And that person... Generally, I was, I'm an example of that. I, I went into that role and responsibility thinking I had to be the best, the fastest, whatever, which terrified me because I was not the best, the fastest, whatever. Um, but in, invariably, the new lieutenants would step into those positions and always be just out front, run into the point of exhaustion and, you know, proving that they were always worried about everybody else more than them. And in my particular case, I got so stumbling tired that it was just ridiculous. And and my, uh, we called him an SPC, a, a staff platoon commander, pulled me aside and he said, hey, Lieutenant, what's your sleep plan? I said, wait, what? You know, I said, what? <laughs> I was half asleep right then. But he drove home the point that if you want to succeed as a leader, you're, uh, in stark terms, you're just no good to your people dead. Um so, you know, he's in, in, in the Marine Corps business, if there was a time when you had to give your life, okay, fine, but that wasn't the goal. Uh, it was just one stark potential outcome. But the idea of leading was to make sure that you were able to lead. And that started with self-care. Uh, the Marines did not use that language. We, we didn't talk about self-care um, so much, uh, but we did talk about good personal hygiene um, and sleep plans. And we talked about it in terms of planning and deliberate decision-making, prioritization. And that one thing there stuck into my mind. It's, it's a specific example of have a sleep plan, but that can be sort of genericized out to, to almost anything related to taking care of yourself. You know, you need to have a food plan. You need to have a hydration plan. You need to, you know, it was, it was uh, sort of mechanical uh, in the core, um, but the core concepts were there. Uh, this you've got to take care of yourself first, and um, that is counterintuitive to most people, most servant leaders, to think that no, you really do have to take care of yourself first, and um, that's not putting yourself first. That's taking care of yourself first. And uh, I think we're coming up on a close wrap, Jackie. We've gone through uh, four, four or five different tool sets that you offered up. Um, we're, we're running out of time on it. And so what I'd uh, invite you to do if you want is, uh, could you go back and just give a brief recap of the tools that you presented? Um, essentially, just, just list them out and refresh us. Uh, and then let's look at closing this one out and letting folks get back on with their lives. Absolutely. So we started out with uh, clearing the clutter. So you make room so that you can make change and did that with the D3 model, right? Do it, delete, delegate, or in your case, distribute. Um, follow that up with establishing baseline habits or at least one either morning or evening routine. Um, third tool was utilizing your mission, vision, values statement. So be able to help you with your yes, no boundaries. Uh, fourth was the big five, right? So ensuring that your plan includes all of the key areas of your life. And so I'd like to wrap it up actually with the, the final point being um, how you do one thing is often how you do everything. And so if you're looking to move forward and getting organized, 
select a keystone habit, a single thing, a single change, a single item that has the most leverage for other areas in your life. And for me, um, I literally think I probably saved my life and literally when I started waking up every morning and just taking a walk and it, I was at that low of a point in my life and it allowed me to have energy. It allowed me to get moving. It allowed for space. And so find a habit, a keystone piece that no matter what's happening, where you are, what you're doing, you can always depend on that to, to reorganize and to start over again the next day and move forward. So that's what I, I would wrap up with Cliff. Right on. And you know, Jackie, leadership is a lifestyle. Uh, it's not just about a position and or, or a job. Uh, it's, it's, it's a way of living. Um, <clears throat> and uh, to be successful in leadership, which is a way of living, um, you, you have to have a good framework in place to, to, for prioritization and decision-making. And you have provided a terrific list of tools today to help folks prioritize and make effective decisions uh, as leaders uh, who are leading because leadership is a lifestyle. Thanks very much for your time today. To the listeners out there, thanks for investing your time with us. We hope you found some value here, and we look forward to seeing you uh, at a future uh, Knock Talk podcast. Thanks very much for your time, and we're out. If you enjoyed this episode of Knock Talk, please recommend us to friends and colleagues who may also find these discussions helpful. To learn more about how communication-based leadership can help you navigate successfully in a world that operates at the speed of send, visit our website at www.northofcenter.com. You can also drop us a line anytime with your leadership questions or to recommend future Knock Talk topics at reachknock at northofcenter.com. That's reachnoc at northofcenter.com. Finally, we want to extend our sincere thanks to Forrest Reed, who produced this episode.